If you've got your Bibles there, I'd love you to open them up to uh, Galatians chapter 5. And we're going to read verses 16 to 26. And uh, as we do that, let me just uh, pray briefly. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to uh, look into your word. We thank you again for uh, the opportunity that we've had that Luke led through to us of um, the sacrifice of Jesus and what that represents for us today. Just thank you for his words and his leading and I pray that that would dwell deeply in us. Again, knowing as we've been reminded through Luke's words of that it can be something we've done for a long time that we can, we can in many ways just forget the simplicity of it but the, the meaning of it for us in our everyday life. So we thank you for that time. Now as we look into the fruit of the Spirit, I pray as we look at peace that this would be something that would uh, speak deeply into our lives, but also how then it reflects out of our life uh, as we go from here. For we pray this in your precious name. Amen. So if you've got your Bible, so I'd love you to uh, follow with me. Galatians uh, 5, verses 16 to 26. And uh, these are the words of Paul, who's writing to a church in a place called Galatia. And uh, this is the last uh, few words that he he writes in this letter, and uh, let me read them to you. So he says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit is what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under that law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love Joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. So here we find ourselves in this series of the fruit of the spirit that we've called the, the series uh, What's Under Your Skin? And uh, looking about, looking at these fruit of the spirit, these nine Christ-like characteristics that we started looking at last week. And we started by looking at uh, the scripture, John chapter 15. And if you weren't here last week, I'd encourage you to take the time to look back on that passage in John chapter 15, or you can podcast it through our website and get an introduction to uh, the series of really where it all starts when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit. And in John chapter 15, we read Jesus talking to his disciples, and it's just before he's about to be um, uh, suffered a horrible death, death, and he's speaking these words to his disciples, and he says, 
to them, I am the, bra- I am the vine, you are the branches. I am the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me. Or as some versions say, abide in me. Remain in me. So there's one thing, the branches, one thing if you're a follower of Jesus that we are to do is to remain in him. To totally, in all aspects of our lives, cling to him. Do not let go. We gave that example of of a dog trying to take a dog's bone out of its mouth. They just do not let it go. And whatever you do, whatever aspect of life, wherever it takes you, do not let, let go of Jesus in all aspects of your life. And here's the thing, as we cling to the vine, the closer we are to the vine, the fruit of the Spirit will flow out of your life. Let me say that again. The closer and the tighter you cling to Christ in all aspects of our life, the fruit will flow out of your life. We know we live in a world and we have Satan, who is the evil one, whose desire, as Scripture tells us, is to do anything but have you clinging to the vine. And he will do anything that he can in his powers, which are very strong, to pull you away from the vine. So that's where we want to start. We want to start by remaining in Christ. And the closer we remain to him, the more the fruit will flow. So last week we looked at joy, the fruit of joy. Now we know love is mentioned first and we... I've just chosen that love can be last because I think it's the best one to finish on for the series. So we'll finish with love. So we started with joy and we looked at joy and we said when it comes to joy, joy can be found in all circumstances, which is really easy to say standing up here, I know. But joy can be found in all circumstances. Christ-like joy, that is. Joy comes from knowing your heavenly Father, being in relationship with him. Joy can be restored too. We looked at that scripture where King David, after he'd had that affair, this man who was described as a man after God's own heart had an affair, and he, and he, and he spoke to God and he said, God, pray to him, restore in me the joy of my salvation. That can be prayed by you, so that joy can be restored. But it does go back then, I want to recling myself to the vine. To keep joy in your heart, letting nothing between Jesus and you. So we come to peace. Now if I had time, which I don't today, but I, was, I had a bit of a thought of handing out a bit of paper to everyone. And I would love you to draw when you hear the word peace, what do you think of when you come, when you, when you think of the word peace? What comes to mind? We don't have time for that. Some of you are so thankful because you're like me. You struggle past stick figures. But, but what is it if you were to draw peace? What, what, would, what would you draw? What would the picture look like? And then you would have to explain that drawing to me. Now, some of you wish we could do that for 40 minutes. <laughs> Some of us think, well, I only need five seconds. But if you'd like to do that this week and then drop in or whatever, I'm sure Pastor Luke or me or Pastor Jeanette would love to sit down with you if, you if you did that drawing and to be able to explain it to us. But what would it look like? What does peace look like to you? 
There's different types of peace, and they'll come up on the screen here, but there's peace with others, where there's this peace in our home, where, where there's no arguing, where there's no fighting. There's peace between nations. There's the peace with God. You know, we, we read where Adam and Eve went at the very beginning. In the Garden of Eden, Eden, they were at peace with God. They walked with him and spent time with him. But, but then we see they make that choice to sin by trusting in, in Satan, really, instead of God. And the peace that they had with God was broken. Again, you can go right back there again and see they let go of the vine. They let go of God. But we also read that that God's promised a saviour through Jesus who is known as the Prince of Peace. And that peace with God comes through a relationship with him. Where Jesus came and as Luke led again to us, that that is restored through, through Jesus. That peace with God is through Jesus Christ. Another type of peace there is peace within our own hearts. And this is something that we deal with every day. We have peace in our hearts when we're not worried, when we're not upset, when we're not angry, when we're not afraid. You know, for some of us, we're at peace right now, but that peace is going to be challenged tomorrow. That peace will be challenged after the service. You know, peace can be like this for some people. Up and down, up and down. You know, for, for some of us here this morning, the most important thing that you need to take with you this morning as you leave is this, that God does not want anyone to live without peace in their mind and their heart. I've been uh, reading the, uh, over the January, I've been reading the um, biography of Jimmy Barnes. Uh, the first book is uh, Working Class Boy, and the second one is Working Class Man. Now, some of you here, just the thought of listening to a little bit of Jimmy Barnes maybe would break your peace very quickly, I'm not too sure. But it's a very interesting book anyway, and I, I spent a bit of time supporting Cold Chisel at different times of my life. And, um, but anyway, I was reading his story, and as I've been reading his story and knowing that even this week, um, uh, what I'm speaking on, um, there's so much that I want to sit down with Jimmy Barnes as he searched throughout his whole life for peace because there was no peace in his home. You know, there was no peace with the fame, the fortune, seeking whatever he could do to find peace. I want to say in some ways, Jimmy, but peace is found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean life is easy. It's got its struggles. But that's real peace. That's where peace of heart and peace of mind can truly come. This morning I want to share with you one verse mainly that I want to speak of this morning. And we've looked at this last year, but I think it's a, it's a really good verse for us, not only to help us on, on only the importance of peace and having peace in our lives, but also the importance of being a giver of peace also. How peace can actually grow out of our life and impact onto the lives of other people. 
Because that's truly what I believe the fruit of the Spirit is, is for it to be under our skin in a sense, but then for it to flow out of our life as well. Peace in good times, peace in difficult times and times of worry. And I think this verse is really helpful for us. Because when peace is in our lives, something else does occur and that peace flows into the lives of other people. And this is what it says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Or as other versions might have called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. The fruit of the Spirit is being a peace-filled person. You're at peace with yourself and you're a giver of peace. If, if we strive to be peacemakers, not only will peace flow out of us, our lives also will be at greater peace. When I say peacemakers, who comes to your mind? There's a bit of interaction, it's okay, we can call out. Who? Who, when I say peacemakers, who comes to mind? Like Mandela? Well, sorry? Mandela? Who else? Mother Teresa. Sorry? Your wife, Les, Lynn? Yep, our, some for our wife. Wow, there's not many. Anyone else? Martin Luther King. Gandhi. All right, that's where we'll just kill that off, maybe. I asked a few other people just to see. One of my mates said Ray Chamberlain, the umpire, and I said, you're going to be joking. <laughs> he causes anything but peace. But anyway, he knew that would be just to stir me. But what about, some said, um, my grandma, Jimmy Carter, aid agencies. Again, one of my mates who's not that funny, he just said, not, Jim, not Justin Bieber. I don't know what that means, but anyway. Peacekeeping forces, Billy Graham. Do you come to your mind? Do you think of yourself? Am I a peacekeeper? I remember when um, Sam, my son, was younger, much younger, and his sister, who continues to be, is two years younger to him. And uh, they were very young and they were arguing over some of the most important things you do at the ages of, say, seven and five, I think it was, something around there, eight and six. Who goes to bed first? And Sam was very clear that he goes to bed after his sister, that, that Haley goes to bed first. And uh, I came in, Tim the peacekeeper came in at this time as they were, he was firing up and uh, Haley was just being told everything by Sam and some things don't change. But anyway, he's not here so I can say that. Um, but they were really having a decent argument about this. And I said, Sam, it's not the right thing to argue with your sister. Just make up with her. You know, say you're sorry and stop arguing. And this little voice said, well, if you and mum argue, well, we can as well. <laughs> that was our one argument in 10 years. But anyway, <laughs> peacekeeping. Jesus says there's one thing that will be known, uh, there's one thing that can always be said about you 
when you're like your heavenly father is that when you are a peacemaker. You are a peacemaker. Now note there, it doesn't say happy are the peace lovers, just peace out everywhere. Or happy are the peaceable, they don't, are willing, they don't disturb anything or anyone. You know, someone once said this about peace, it'll come up on the screen. It says, uh, it says this, it does not mean to be in a place where there is no noise, trouble or hard work. It means to be in the midst of those things and still be calm in your heart. Happy are the peacemakers who actively seek peace, for this is a Christ-like characteristic. You know, there are misconceptions about peace. Peace is not avoiding. Peace is not running away from problems. It's not pretending that there's no problems going on. It's, it's not saying, well, hey, let's, not, let's keep the peace. Let's just not talk about it. You know, I, I know very few people, I think I, about two or three in my life maximum, who actually enjoy conflict. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if you like conflict, but I'm guessing in a room this big, we don't go, I hope I get conflict today. I don't, I don't think there's many of us out there that are like that. But you know what happens for some of us? We actually avoid any sort of even conversation that might be a little bit awkward or a little bit tough. But, but what it actually happens, it, the problem, the issue gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So being a peace person of peace and being a peacemaker, it's not avoiding issues and situations where there isn't peace. It's also not appeasement. Where we always just give in, yeah, okay, you're right, I'm wrong. Where they certainly are wrong. But you just want to make peace, so you say they're right, you're wrong. You just let everyone run over you. Jesus was a very controversial person at times. There were times that he stood his ground very strongly. Yet he was the greatest of all peacemakers. You know, we, we wake up and we woke up today in a world that's very much full of conflict, full of fear. There's conflict everywhere in our world. R.T. France, who wrote numbers of commentaries, he said, in a world characterised by conflict and rival, rivalry, a keeper of peace is rare. A peacemaker, still rarer. Do you lead the way in peace in your home? Is your friendships and within your friendships, do you lead the way? Is your workplace, are you the peacemaker or the troublemaker? The influence that you and I, that we can have for the kingdom of God when we are the peacemaker is immense. There's numbers of scriptures where we, as I said, where it talks about uh, peace. And there's the challenging scripture that some find in Matthew 10, 34, 36, where, 
where Jesus says these words, he has not come to bring peace but a sword, for he had not come to set a man against his father and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, so that a man's enemies would be those of his own household. Where's the peace in that? But yet Jesus, though, meant something totally different than what we're talking about here today. Jesus meant that the conflict at times would be inevitable as a follower of his, even with our own family. And our love for him must be at the very, very top. And that will bring disagreement, challenge, even with the nearest and the closest people in our lives. But it's clear beyond any question that Jesus is teaching us not to go out to seek conflict. But rather on the contrary to be people of peace, to actively pursue it, to strive for peace with all. If you look at scriptures like 1 Corinthians 7.15 and 1 Peter 3.11, Hebrews 12, you'll see it, Romans 12.18. These are all passages that we will read and you will read where the call comes for us as followers of Jesus, if that is you, to live a life of peace. And we see Paul time and time again. He will write to the churches and he will say things like, grace and peace to you from God, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. His perfect peace to you. Cling to the vine and peace will flow. So why be a seeker of peace? Here's a few things that I want to share with you this morning. The first thing is this. God calls you too. That's the call that we have. If we're followers of Jesus, we're called to be peacemakers. It's a bit of a no-brainer. That's our call. It should be under our skin, your skin. It should flow out of your life. Second thing is this, that you'll reap a harvest. If you read the book of James, he talks in chapter 3 about wisdom, earthly and heavenly wisdom, godly wisdom. And when he talks about godly wisdom, he he highlights godly wisdom this way. He says this, it's it's pure. Then peace-loving. It's considerate, it's submissive, full of mercy and good fruit impartial and sincere. And then he concludes with these, verse, these words in verse 18. He says, Peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of goodness. Or some versions put a righteousness. So here's the question that as I read this, I ask myself, am I a planter of peace? Do I take the initiative to bring it into the situations that I find myself every day? that if I'm a planter of peace, I'm actually planting in godly wisdom into situations. I'm bringing it into those circumstances. If you, I went to Bunnings, my favourite store, at 7 o'clock this morning. And uh, just to check that the staff were all going okay. But uh, no, I didn't. Um, and uh, I bought some seeds. Can you see that up the back? No, exactly. No, I'm glad you said no, you, don't, you, can't, you can see it. Very small. Can you see it up the back there? 
Can you see that? No, you can't. It's very small. It's a small little seed. But if you put this little seed... I've got a few too many in my hand. If you... Uh, I'll vacuum those up after. Um, if you take this little seed and you put that under some dirt and then you, then you water it and then you make sure that it's put in the right place, enough sun, enough uh, shade and all those sorts of things, put some fertiliser, um, make sure you've got your sea salt and all those sort of things that you're meant to do, this little seed will grow. Did you know that? <laughs> Hello, anyone out there? Did you know that? All right, <laughs> there we go. Thanks, Jim. There's a few of us out there that know that will grow if we look after it. And this little seed some time ago was one of them right down there. A little sunflower seed is now 12.95 at Bunnings. <laughs> there you go. But they grow. And they grow and they get bigger and they get bigger and they get bigger. We are to plant peace into the lives of people even if it's that small. And it will impact. And I need to tell you that there are people all over who are doing that for Jesus Christ, who are planting peace in situations. And it's changing lives. It's changing homes. It's changing churches. You know, we know, we don't know about James if he was a farmer or not, but he knew the power of a seed in good soil. Those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of goodness. See, the principle for peace is the same for the principle for crops. Never underestimate the power of a seed. Never underestimate the power of being a peacemaker. Let me ask you again. Are you a peacemaker in your home? in your family, in your workplace, in your community, as a, as a boss, as a team member? What about even for some of you in your sporting team? Some of us, many of us, if not all of us quite possibly in this room, will never be called to be the peacemaker in an international situation. But the call for us, just like in those situations, is to work out when there isn't peace, what is the conflict? And how can we resolve it? What part can I play so that peace is again found? People so desperately need peace in their life, for their lives are so troubled. And, and when you look at the life of Jesus, you see just how he brought peace into the lives of, of people who were troubled souls, who were going through some of the most difficult times. We also see Jesus even washing the feet of the person who would betray him. But we also see how he, how he would be with those 
who no one else wanted to be with, those who had been rejected. And he, and he brought a harmony of peace into their life that was so life-changing for them. Jesus sowed seeds of peace into the hearts of men and women time and time again, and he reaped a harvest. Take the initiative to bring peace in your salvation and then plant seeds of peace into the lives of people who you come daily into contact with. For some of them, even as you go, well, as I leave here today, that's going to be my commitment. They're going to be in shock. They will wonder what's going on with you because that's been anything but you. But the challenge has been this morning that, hey, that is what my call is to be, to be a peacemaker. And you are planting a good seed that will reap a harvest. One of the privileges for me is, uh, is visiting people from our church over the years that I've been here has been to visit people in hospital going through those circumstances that have been really tough, really difficult. And um, numbers of times they will tell me without realising it's, it's the same story so many times. They will say, I'm in this hospital, and they'll say things like, well, I've got to know the person next to me. I've got to know the nurses. I've got to know the doctors. And I've been able to share my faith with them. I've been able to tell them about my story. And many times they'll come up to me and they'll, they'll say, why are you so calm in this situation? And they will tell me stories like this. Well, I'm not always calm, but I have this peace that that God's with me in this situation. Even the difficulty and the horribilis of it, I tell them about that. And I say, I've just found people will then start talking with me. We were sharing one time, one of our folk from our church told a story that they were uh, with one of the highest doctors in Victoria, like, you know, who flew around everywhere. And uh, they told me the story that they'd, were being treated by him and he said, I'll be back in like two days. I've got to go to Singapore or somewhere like that. I can't remember. And then I'll come back and see you in two days. Well, they came back on the second day and it was at like 3 a.m. in the morning and they woke them up. This person from Kilsyth woke them up at the 3 a.m. and they said, I've just come back from, you know, these multi-important people or whatever they are in Singapore conference. And they said, I needed to talk to you because you have a peace about you with all the struggles that I'm going and I've just got to talk to you. <laughs> they said, sure, 3 a.m., no problems. I'm going through this horrible time, but I'm happy. But they wanted to talk to them because that person had a peace about them. That this guy, even though he had everything in the world, he had the Jimmy Barnes experience, really, that he didn't have real peace but they could see it in the life of someone who had the peace of Jesus in their life. And this door was open to them to then be a peacemaker into this person's life. My, my testimony as a person at this church is I could tell you many stories of people in the church who have been peacemakers in those circumstances. God calls you to be a peacemaker. You'll reap a harvest and you'll be called finally a child of God, a son, a daughter of God, when you're a peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called 
sons and daughters of the living God. I want to encourage you here when it comes to seeking peace. Some of you have been trying to seek peace in circumstances that you feel as though has made no difference. I want to say don't stop. It doesn't say in brackets, well, stop if it's not working. I want to encourage you to keep being that peacemaker in that situation for you are being obedient and you are a child of God by continuing on. It's surprising in some ways that there is a particular blessing which attaches itself to peacemakers, but then it probably isn't because God is a peaceful God. Peacemakers are seeking to do what God has done, loving people with his love. If you look at Matthew 5, 44 to 45, it says, You have heard that it says, Love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Bring peace, in a sense, to your enemies. Bring peace to those who persecute you. For if you are doing this, you are a child of God. You know, the word peacemaker is also another meaning for it is reconciler. One who who brings people together, seeks reconciliation. We we know that God in in 2 Corinthians highlights this, that God has reconciled us through himself, through Christ, and given us the ministry of reconciliation, the call to to bring reconciliation. God's modelled modelled it to us and he wants us to model it to others. God is the original peacemaker. What he has modelled, he wants us then to show, and if we do, we'll be known as a child of his. You know, as God sees you and he, he sees our life every day, as we take initiative to restore harmony in a marriage, in a friendship, in a workplace, with mates that were once mates, as we keep to seek that with a parent, with a child, with an estranged relative seeking to plant peace in those friendships that have gone off, when we are the ones seeking that, when we're doing that, God says, that is my daughter. That is my son. Do you bring peace to your home? to your work, to your community. Happy are the peacemakers for they will be called the children of God. Is there any greater title than that? Thank you. No. Some of us, we got a little thing at the front of our name. Like for me, it's a reverend. Others, doctor. Others of you, you've got letters at the end of your name. All sorts of recognitions for what you've done which there's nothing wrong with that per se but there's no greater title that we can have is the son of God daughter of God the other week um, I was watching a a YouTube of Muhammad Ali I just need a bit of inspiration Uh, not to fight anyone 
And I remember seeing one clip, because he could really talk, if you've ever known anything about Muhammad Ali. But there's one when he wins a fight and he goes, I am the greatest. That's my title, I am the greatest. Don't know if he said it exactly like that, but he said, I'm the greatest. That's my title, I am the greatest. And I remember hearing that and then thinking of this. And I knew pretty much straight after that fight, the next fight he lost. No longer the greatest. Titles come and go, per se. But what, but what, is there a greater title than that? That we can be remembered even years from now. Child of God. Peacemaker. Son, child of God. Let me close with this. In ancient times, there was a, a, a saying that expressed the sentiment of the folks of the time as they went about their life, raising their children in, a, in very much a violent, like us, in, not specifically in Australia, but in their time, a very violent and war-torn society. And these are the words that come out of Isaiah chapter 2. And the phrase was this, Someday we will beat our swords into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks. Someday nations will not take up the sword against other nations, nor will they train for war anymore. Someday there will be peace. Someday the weapons no longer will be used for weapons, but we can turn them into gardening tools. Someday those days will go when the fighting is no more. Imagine that world. A world where there's diplomacy, where there's peace. I'm not sure, but I, I hope for peace in our world all the time. You just watch the six o'clock news. It's anything but peace. Additionally, in the ancient world, one of the most common sayings to greet people as they passed them in the streets was the word shalom. The word shalom. And as you look through and you read different people's understandings and meanings of shalom, they all sort of mean around the same way, which is peace, I wish that there would be no conflict in your life. And I wish there would be a spirit of well-being and prosperity in your inner person. Families would tuck their children into bed at night and say, Shalom, my son. Shalom, my, my daughter. It's a very rich word. This, this beautiful concept, really, of an absence of conflict in a person's life, in a situation. No restlessness. No, 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 no suffering. No anxiety. A spirit of well-being. God wants that for each and every one of you. Remember I said at the very beginning, if you don't remember anything else, remember this, that, that God wants you to have a peace of mind and heart. To have that shalom in your life. Peace. I wish that there would be no conflict in your life and I wish there would be a spirit of well-being and prosperity in your inner person. But also that you would be a peacemaker 
in your home, in your community, in this church, in your friendships. Let me pray. As we pray, I'd like to read to you the lyrics of a song called Peacemaker. I'd just love you to reflect on these words for a moment that highlight God the peacemaker and hopefully what we would ask of him in our response. Peacemaker, fear taker, soul soother, storm smoother, light shiner, lost finder, cloud lifter, deliverer, heart toucher, truth lover. Who other could be fear taker, peacemaker to me? Mind clearer, sigh healer, hand holder, consoler, wound binder, tear dryer, strength giver, provider, heart healer, kind fiber. Who other could be my saviour, peacemaker to me? Let your peace rule in my heart. Let your kindness fill my thoughts. Let your strength secure my soul. Let your peace take hold in me. Let your wisdom guide my will. Let your compassion fill this place. Let my anxious thoughts be still. Let your peace rule in my heart. Lord Jesus, the Prince of Peace, you tell us that your peace is on offer to us, to give to us, not as the world gives, but your peace. May we take that offer up and be peacemakers in our world, to be planters of peace in our community. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. In your precious name we pray. Amen.